Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Escape into a world of music to relax and unwind or inspire and uplift you at Paradise Music. Listen to a meditation, Celtic, and more. An exciting new era of music awaits you at paradisemusic.us.com. Check them out on Facebook.
Welcome to another edition of the Goddesses Vault podcast. I'm your host, Midnight Star. At the top of the show, you heard Beltane's Fire by Gaia Consort. It's from their Secret Voices album. I'm going to do another Beltane episode. For all you non-pagans, it's one of the eight Sabbaths in the pagan calendar. Again, like all the other Sabbaths, I'll try to think of new things to say about this holiday. I'm going to continue with Beltane by Incubus Succubus.
When we neo-pagans talk about Beltane, the first thing that comes to mind is the maple. A maple is a tree or a tree trunk with ribbons on it. What the maple symbolizes is fertility. In ancient times, it represented the male phallus, and it was a reminder of the sacred act of sex. The earliest reference to the maple was sometime in the mid-14th century by some Austrian or German Freemasons. That's all I got to say about the maple. I wish that I would have found some more new info on it. From the Wicker Man soundtrack, here's Maple by Magnet. In the woods there grew a tree, and a fine, fine tree was he. And on that tree there was a limb, and on that limb there was a branch, and on that branch there was a nest, and in that nest there was an egg, in that egg there was a bird, from that bird a feather came, and all that feather was a bird. And on that bed there was a girl, and on that girl there was a man, and on that man from that seed, there was a boy, from that boy, there was a man, from that man, there was a grain, from that grain there grew a tree. And on that tree, there was a limb, and on that limb, there was a branch, and on that branch, there was a nest, and in that nest, there was an egg, and in that egg, there was a bird, from that bird. Spirit Guide of the Week. This week's spirit guide or totem animal is one that is very important to our survival and that of Mother Earth's. They are bees. You heard the expression busy as a bee? Well, that will apply to you if bee is your power animal. So it's time to be more productive and go to work. They also symbolize fertility and sexuality. 
That means that it'll be a fertile time for you both physically and creatively. You're in a very productive cycle right now. Bees are best in working in groups. If they are your totem animal, that means that you are at your best with working cooperatively with others. You want everyone to participate, even the entire community. Bees also remind us to look at life as being sweet as honey. Otherwise, going back to look at the simple things in life. Best of all, having bee as your power animal means that you are industrious, focused, and committed to whatever task you're working on at the moment. Plus, you can be successful at anything you do. Don't forget that it's also important to give back to your community as well. That is it for now. Stay tuned for another Spirit Guide of the Week. Thank you.
That was another song by Incubus Succubus called Honey Song for Lorelei from their Mother Moon LP. Beltane is all about fertility. It's about us welcoming the abundance of the fertile earth. If your coven or yourself are stuck on ideas on what to do for a Beltane ritual, here are some ideas. Of course you know about the maple dance. You can also set up your altar with all things Beltane. You can do a bonfire ritual outdoors. Have a family abundance rite with the kids in the coven. Or if you're solitary, you can do it with your own kids. You can honor the sacred feminine with a goddess ritual. Another thing is to have a Beltane planting ritual for both covens and solitaires. And do you know a fellow pagan who is getting married? Why not have a hand fasting ritual on Beltane? Here's another song titled Beltane. This one is from Narcillion. Here's a dream symbol to interpret. 
this next symbol I got from a Facebook group. There's a lot of information on this symbol, so I'm not going to get through all of them. So it's best to look up Houses and Dreams online. Houses and Dreams represents yourself and your soul. If you dream that you are in a new house, in your waking life, that means that you are entering into a new phase or area of your life. If you dream that you are in a house of someone who has passed away, it represents you holding on to memories of that person, or you have yet to come to terms with their death. If there is an abandoned house in your dream, it's saying that you left behind your past and are ready to move forward. To dream of an old run-down house, it's talking about your old beliefs and attitudes. It's telling you that you need to update your thinking. A dream about a messy and or dilapidated house means that your own life is in chaos at the moment. You need to clear your emotional or psychological clutter in your real life. That is it for this week's dream symbol. If you want a dream for me to interpret and maybe have a dream symbol featured, the contact information will be mentioned at the end of the show. So keep dreaming. Escape into a world of music to relax and unwind or inspire and uplift you at Paradise Music. Listen to a meditation, Celtic, and more. Music like Violet Contemplation by Llewellyn from the album Reiki Gold. An exciting new era of music awaits you at paradisemusic.us.com. Check them out on Facebook. Grew up in this concrete wasteland Chasing American dreams I didn't know what I was facing Thinking I was free Cause someone said it in a movie Designed to sell a lie Bad a land of opportunity I'm dead bro Bokra Dirty white trash At least that's what my daddy Used to tell me when I asked Where we came from Oh we never had money He laughed nervously Though it really wasn't funny Cause my folks been in America For ten generations Most of those towns Spent working plantations Share crop and work Until they drop And I'm still a wage slave Every day I got to clock in Poor, angry Don't give a Came to America, that a lot would I still remember where we came from? Who forced us out to the barrel of a gun? So where is home when your home is stolen? Where do we go? Because it's endless roaming. It's got me so tired that I've got to rest. But yo, I can't relax with the boot on my chest up in a nation built of murder, lies, and hate. We're all refugees up in a settler state. Refugees up in a settler state. My great grandmother's great grandmother's mother was born here. This is where I was raised, and my rage was forced here. Straight up from California, West Coast to my last breath. Couldn't live anywhere else if I was staying in the U.S. after 200 years. Fact is, I'm still an immigrant. I'm not a European, and I can't claim indigenous. So what do I go? What does that mean? What do I do? But I ain't trying to raise a bus, make a scene, and moan about it. Just know where I belong. Where is my home? Well, I remain in exile, condemned to roam. And really, most of us could ask the same question. I don't know the answer, y'all. I'm just guessing. All I know is I'm a Kelp from my skin to bone marrow Don't believe in race cause that box is too narrow To hold my identity, the entity that is me And all I want in life is a way we all can be free So where is home when your home is taken? It's like this whole world is a reservation Getting used to keep others oppressed But yo, I can't be a pawn with a boot on the chest Of another human being who's just died to live I can't take no more, it's time to give I can't take no more, it's time to give Yo, if you wanna get free If you've got eyes to see And you know the TV If we knew our history Unless you're native to America Then you're a guest in America So everybody in America If you want
world are just burning. We're never going to win without learning this. Because settler states from Israel to America are based on the line. They're going to take care of you if you just fit in, forget your past. Pretend to feel joy if the cannons blast, but though we still ain't free. We're living on a slave ship. Every four years we vote who won't win. And there's not a thing that brought time for machine. Tell me what happened to Dr. King's dream. Was the souls ain't integrated, still have separated. Check the radio, we've no music segregated. Cause we're easy to control when we're living competition. Measuring ourselves against the television. Afraid to speak out, always trying to fit in. Time to take it to the roots and expand the vision. This next story comes from feminismandreligion.com. This one is from Barbara Ardinger, and it's called A Belting Story. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful princess. No, stop right there. Tales like this do not require princesses. Let's try again. Once upon a time, there was a sturdy young woman who lived in a small town in Metilandropa, not too far from the castle of the Holy Roman Emperor. The girl's name is Machin. Her parents are a farmer and a cunning woman. She is proud to say that just last fall, she actually saw the Emperor, who is a stiff elderly man who always wears a fussed up who always wears a uniform and a princess and has enormous side whiskers. The Emperor did not, of course, notice the girl as he sat in his carriage and waved stiffly at his subjects. But what Manchin doesn't know is that the Crown Prince Rufus, whose uniform and side whiskers are considerably more modest than his father's, and who was riding on a great red stallion in the parade behind his father's coach, noticed her immediately. That girl, he said to himself, is a girl I must have. The Empire by this time is no longer either holy or Roman and republics and revolutionaries are springing up on all sides. Which explains why Crown Prince Rufus spends most of his time at war. Machin, who has no interest in the royal family, spends most of her time on the farm, learning how to care for the failing crops and their few remaining animals. She is also learning that the lives of the land and its ruler steward are closely interrelated. It is obvious, at least to the country people, that the health of one is echoed in the health of the other. 
The emperor is a proud old man who has occupied his throne for so many years that only his eldest subjects remember his father and uncle who sat on that throne before him. Crown Prince Rufus is young and healthy, but he is also known to be debauched and careless with money and the lives of his men. All around the empire, money and goods are scarce. Farmers and merchants alike are failing, and the younger generation seems to be going to hell in a handbasket. And now it is springtime, and all around the empire, the shamans and cunning women of the countryside and small towns and the priests in the urban churches are doing their various kinds of magic to prepare to welcome the summer on Beltane Day. Their hope is to return prosperity and abundance to the empire, though many people are skeptical that any kind of magic can work and that no gods on earth or above care for their emperor anymore. Holy Beltane processions led by gods and goddesses and priests and priestesses are nonetheless being planned. The wells are being cleaned in preparation for being dressed for Beltane by the women, who will tie strips of white cloth to the tree around the water. Implements of all kinds are being cleaned, machines are being oiled and repaired, and homes and stores are being scrubbed until they shine. Highways and roads are being swept, and highwaymen are being chased and captured. Yes, summer is coming, and the people want to bring all its blessings to the empire. They are even praying for the health of the old emperor, though many of them ask, what for? He's a foolish old man. Where's his power gone to? How can he bless us like he used to? To which others reply, well, at least he's better than that son of his. May that lady preserve us from that crown prince Rufus. At this point, crown prince Rufus re-entered our story. He and a dozen of his men are sweeping through the forest in pursuit of a band of robbers. It just so happens that Matchen is at the edge of the forest, collecting herbs and pronouncing blessings to the birds in their nests, the rabbits in their holes, and the new leaves growing on the trees. Rufus pulls a stallion to a halt. You, girl, come over here to me! Matchen sets down the basket she is carrying and turns to face the handsome prince, for he is indeed handsome. But she doesn't remember that he is the crown prince, are you speaking to me? Yes, girl, I am speaking to you. Come over here. When Matchen comes closer, he says, Girl, do you know who I am? Well, now they have a conversation of sorts, during which he tries to charm her and or seduce her. But the magic of her innocence is strong, and at last he dismounts and walks with her to her parents' house. She's trying to explain why Beltane is so important but he is sure that there is nothing as important as his desires, which centers on her virginity. As it happens, Matchen's mother, who immediately recognizes Rufus, is sitting outside the house weaving. She continues to weave, but now the words of her chant change. She finishes another row just as they arrive, and with a few more words cast into the air, she rises and bows before the crown prince. Welcome, your highness, she says, and Rufus can't help but notice that her greeting is entirely lacking in awe. The crown prince gives a regal nod. I am thirsty, he says. Give me something to drink. The mother smiles and sends her daughter inside for the special cup they use only on holy days. Only that cup is worthy of your highness, she says. 
When Machin comes out bearing a large, shiny bronze cup with an antlered man and a pregnant woman etched in it, the mother takes it and murmurs words of blessing, then goes to the well herself to fill it. Your Highness, she says, take and drink. May you always be blessed with good health and happiness. Rufus, who is accustomed to people groveling before him, is suddenly struck speechless. No one has ever spoken such words to him before. Uh, mm, thank you, he manages to say. And as he drinks, he looks again at Machin. I must have that girl, he says to himself. Aloud, he says, what an interesting cup this is. Where did you get it? And why is it not in the royal treasury? Oh, your highness, this cup, though beautiful and highly symbolic, is worthless. It's just an old cup passed down through the generations. We have a family story that it was given to us by the fairies. But who can believe such a story? They said the cup assists in the rebirth of one in need who drinks from it. But who can believe such a story? Rufus is not sure what to believe. Surely the pheasants of his father's empire are simple, illiterate, and superstitious. But as he swallows the pure water from the old cup, he feels a slight tingling inside him. He drains the cup and holds it out. More! This time, Mother nods to the daughter and gestures, and Machin takes the cup, being sure to touch the crown prince's hand as she does. She walks to the well and ties a strip of white cloth she just happens to have in her apron pocket to the hawthorn hanging over the water. Then she dipped the old cup into the water three times and carries the brimming cup back to their visitor. This time Rufus is much quicker with his thank you. And so to make a potentially long story shorter, mother and maiden and prince engage in a conversation. Strangely enough, the prince does more listening than talking. With further thanks to these pheasants for their stories, he mounts his stallion and gallops back to the city and the palace. The next day, he finds that he's thirsty again. Only pure water will quench his thirst. And where else to find it? He gallops back to Manchin's house. This goes on from one full moon to the next. And each day, he listens to the old stories. No longer in his mind mere superstitions and household tales. The cunning woman speaks of the secret truths of astronomy, geometry, and ethics, and he learns that the land and the people are connected. If the ruler is not courteous, the land does not flower. If the ruler is proud, the land is poor. Great balls of Zeus! Rufus exclaims. That explains a lot about the situation in Mitalrupa. I must resolve to be a better crown prince than I have been. He drinks more pure water from the magical cup. I must resolve to be a better ruler than my recent ancestors. I must resolve to do what I can to restore the land. The cunning woman nods, and then she shares the greatest holy secret with the crown prince. And that is why, when Beltane Eve comes, not only do the pheasants go into the fields to lie down in the furrows of the fertile land, and each other both physically and metaphysically, but also while the emperor and empress hold a great feast in the castle. And wonder of wonders, the emperor comes down from his throne and dances a vigorous waltz with his prime minister's wife. The crown prince and his maiden go out into the fields too. An old custom and an old prophecy are fulfilled that night. And the next day, those with eyes to see can see the new flowers and crops 
and those with ears to hear can hear the clucking of the chickens and the mooing and bawing of the cattle and sheep. A rich season is coming. May the circle be open but unbroken. May the love of the goddess be ever in our hearts. Merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be, blessed be, blessed be. That was May the Circle Be Open by Crow Women. Before that, you heard Home by Beltane's Fire featuring Michael Mullen. That is it for the show. Again, I'm your host, Midnight Star. If you have a dream symbol, a spirit guide, or a topic suggestion, or you just want to comment on the show, you can do so at the Music from the Goddesses Vault podcast Facebook page, tweet me at Goddess Vault, through iTunes, SoundClouds, Spreaker, TuneIn, or wherever you hear this podcast. I'm going to leave you with The Maiden and the Selkie by Heather Dale. Once a fair and handsome seal lord lay his foot upon the sand for to woo the fisher's daughter and to claim her marriage hand. I have come in from the ocean, I have come in from the sea, and I'll not go to the waves, love, lest you come along with me. Lord, as a selkie on the phone, I would gladly go and wed ye and be lady of your home. But I cannot go into the ocean, I cannot go into the sea. I would drown beneath the waves, love, if I went along with ye. Lady, long have I loved you, I would have you for my wife. I will stay upon your shoreland, though it robs me of my life. I will stay one night. Beside you, never go back to the sea. I will stay and be thy husband, though it be the death of me.
So they've journeyed farther inland, though the seal lord's getting weak, and she's shouldering the shovel to unearth the thing they seek at the rising of the full moon underneath the elfin oak. She's unearthed that very treasure which her grandmother spoke. And just before the stroke of midnight, they have made it back to sea, and she's donned that magic seal coat and become a maid silkie. Now they've gone into the ocean, hand in hand into the sea. She has gone along, a fair seal bride for her silkie. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.